you know in this uh, this app which it's called my fitness pal it breaks ah, yes. down even i've heard of that one and it breaks down the macros for me and usually like most days i'll i'll get to the top of my protein goal i'll get to kind of near the, the carbs goal and then the calcium goal I've, i'm like 370 percent over what i'm meant to be having on a daily basis that calcium could be feeding like several children well, to, to the extent i'm like is this bad for me am i is it bad to have too much calcium maybe might be causing me some some health defects how much calcium is too much calcium well i don't know i'm not smart enough to know that i didn't do medicine the, the other thing i've learned is that i also have far too much sugar which i i guess i kind of knew already yeah we all feel that one in the back of our minds until it's confirmed and then we feel guilty yeah the other one is that my my breakfast makes up my biggest calorie intake of the day what? Which is very surprising, but it's what? it's mainly because I have double the recommended portion size of cereal, followed oh, by oh right yeah, and you like <laughs> sugary cereals. Oh, I absolutely yeah, yeah, followed yeah. by like a couple of waffles with jam or Nutella. <laughs> You're just like having pure sugar for breakfast. Absolutely followed by like a flat white with some some cream on top, and it's wow. I think my breakfast the other day was something like nine hundred calories. Wow. I mean, it'll get you going. That's enough energy to get you through work. And, and the, the one final takeaway has been that clearly I'm not getting enough fiber right. in my diet at all. Right. And that has been that has been surprising because I, I did genuinely feel I had I was getting enough. But this has been very it's been very clear to me that I'm nowhere near it. So that's been that's been interesting. Where, fi- what fibrous foods do you do you partake of? Like broccoli, brown rice, shredded wheat. That's Plus about shredded it. Shredded wheat. That's the way to go. One shredded wheat. Just first thing in the morning, have it beside your bed overnight, roll over, scarf it right first thing in the morning, and then one before you go to bed, you just place it in your mouth and it will, it will, you'll eat it while you sleep. Do you mean like dry, eat it dry? Because that's going to be... I know, just the whole thing dry in one right, gulp. That's going to be a bit like chewing dust, isn't it? No, it's just like a snake. One, you don't chew. <laughs> just straight down it. Yeah, get your, get your seagull jeans out and just down that. <laughs> Down that shredded wheat, morning been, and night. <laughs> there have been, and there the episode's title was born. Seagull we'll jeans. We'll see, we'll see. Okay. Seagull jeans. The other thing, I guess, is the amount of surprising different macros that are in foods. For example, I was unaware that Heinz beans has a lot of sodium in it. Of course it does. I didn't know that. I don't know what beans are made of. No, of course it does. No, it's, Why? it's to add the flavour. They cheap out on, on all the good stuff. They put in salt so that we think it tastes good. How does sodium give you flavour? Salt. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, right now that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Right, sorry, I just, anytime someone says sodium, I just think of science and right, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, things yeah. fizzing in like a beaker full of water, so... I, I've recently middle-classed my way up from buying Heinz beans and I've moved on to a, a more healthy brand. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, so I'm feeling good about that. C- care to name so I can look them up? Uh, I actually don't know if they're more healthy, they claim to be, but I buy their peanut butter and I buy their beans and it rhymes with goal hearth. <laughs> What? It's just whole earth. That did not rhyme at all. <laughs> okay, well, I'll I'll look them up. So yeah, that's that has been interesting for for me this week. It's been um, it's quite annoying having to track and you know take pictures of barcodes and count up how many. You know, actually weighing everything is the the most annoying part. This is why I can't do it. Seeing how much how many leaves of spinach weighs on your scale. Yeah, as good as I am with many tasks tasks that require mental fortitude, I cannot track things for the life of me. I've I've tried to track things like how much I'm sleeping. Oh yeah. I've tried to track things like how much I exercise, and I just I miss one day, and then I'm like, oh well, 
No more tracking. I think it's it's only really a short term thing for me. It was more more just intrigued as to what I was actually it's good to know. putting in myself every day. Yeah. Yeah, good to know what you're doing and then, you know, you can make decisions based off that. And clearly, you know, breakfast I I kinda knew this already, but I just enjoy breakfast too much. That's all it is. And you gotta tone tone down the breakfast. No, I don't. Like, change I don't. something into a more healthy and more delicious alternative. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. James, how, how about you? How's your week been before we crack on with the show? Man, it's been a, it's been a it's been a busy one. It's tournament season in my industry. Nice. So I've been producing piles and and piles and hours and hours worth of entertainment for the world to to suck through its eye holes. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Sounds painful. Yeah. For um, for both you and the viewer. It's very painful for me, uh, mainly because I don't like the stuff I make. Uh, <laughs> but I'm proud of it nonetheless. People like it, and then I get to be happy about that. Good. I did the I did the spelling mistake. I did the spelling mistake on day one. Get it over with. Every production has one spelling mistake. So I yep. gladly got mine out of the way in the first day. Well done. And that felt that felt pretty good going into the rest of it feeling like I've already passed that hurdle and even if I make a second spelling mistake it's far less embarrassing as as much as I know very little about sodium I would say I'm I'm better when it comes to my spelling and and grammar yeah yeah you went to you went to school for that I did I did yeah. didn't we all didn't we all James mm-hmm. but you continued going to school for it long after the rest of us stopped I, I'm still I'm that kind of person who's still watching ted ed videos on youtube you know videos like oh, you still like the the educational oh, absolutely videos like the language of lying or no, to be fair those are really interesting why do incompetent people not realize they're incompetent that was really interesting you should look it up yeah did you know that men are more likely than women to to assume they are more competent than they are men are more i, I could have guessed that right and therefore it plays a big part in why men get more promotions than women because men, really? men ask for them before they're ready, whereas women are better judges as to whether or not they've earned a promotion or not, and they don't ask as soon. It, it sounds it sounds like I'm one of those incompetent people who who's about to say I knew that already, but <laughs> hey, you feel it, you feel it in your soul. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. And then people, intuitively, I would have known that. Yeah, and then people go, well, why don't women be more assertive? And I'm like, no, backwards. Why don't men stop being wrong? I don't just humans just stop being terrible. That's that's the theme of this week's episode. Because my goodness, we have we have a lot to get through, and some actual news has happened. Yeah, and also like sure, statistically, not all men are always overconfident and putting themselves forward. But we're talking about like but the average. Come on, we all know them. Be generous. Be generous, you pedants. I hear you. We, we all we all know someone who thinks they're better than they are and is way too overconfident. And, and it's always a man. It's never a woman. Not even one woman has ever done that. Absolutely not me. This is Cease Operate there episode 207 with uh, the best podcast host you've ever heard in your life. Oh. James. James, how's it going? Perfect segue. Actually calling back to a fresh joke. <laughs> I'm going great now because of that. Great, yeah, we're on a on a roll here. My name's Colin. He is, of course, James. And welcome to Seesaw Parade. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Really appreciate it. And I am currently. I also, I also do. I am currently supping on a Dr Pepper. It is very hot outside. It's toasty. And we have we have waited thankfully until the the cool of the evening. Although when I say cool of the evening, my phone says it's twenty one degrees. So I'm still sweating. Oh, absolutely. And I've not got any hot drinks. I've not got a cat on my lap. I'm f- I've got T-shirt on, windows open, and I'm still sweating. It's ridiculous. I mean, part of that is probably because I've had two 
I've had my PC and an absolute beaver of a laptop rendering videos <laughs> all day and therefore overheating Sorry, all day. Sorry, an absolute beaver. Beaver. Oh, be beaver. Okay. Although beaver works too. Have you seen them things chew through trees? I couldn't do I that. Know, yeah, but I didn't think they were very hot. I bet they overheat when they chew through trees. Okay. Yeah, well, maybe. I've, I've yet to meet one to ask. I've had a laptop chewing through trees all day. And it's heated up my room. It's quite sauna-esque. I walked out for a wee break, came back in, and it stank. Oh. I regretted returning to my room, and I opened the windows even more and sprayed some Febreze in the curtains. That is, uh, and there it's okay again. Fantastic. Thank you, James, for that wonderful, vivid tale. That's what they tune in for. That's what you people at home are here to listen to. <laughs> News? No. Me talking about being sweaty and stanky? Yes. Me talking about failing to understand what sodium is? Absolutely. And that, that there is a highlight. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you to everybody who got in touch. Uh, Katerina messaged me to say that she would make me lemon chicken. So thank you. Oh, man. Look at you getting your lemon chicken I now have I now have two offers of lemon chicken. You are the best host. <laughs> I am. You didn't get any offers of lemon chicken, you dweeb. As evidenced by the number of lemon chicken cooking offers you've had. <laughs> Uh, she also You're infinitely the better host. <laughs> well, yep, can't argue that. She also uh, responded to our Neil Gaiman story. Now, this, of course, is the the tale of the author who flew eleven thousand miles to self isolate in Sky. Uh, she said yeah, yeah, yeah. the review on the Goodreads account was supposedly not Neil Gaiman. He claims his account was hacked. Ah. Uh... Sure thing. Yeah, uh, he also, right. He also apologised for going to Sky. Uh, not that he was right in doing it, but at least he owned up and apologised, unlike other people in the news at the moment. But then, I like him, oh. I love his books, so I may be a bit biased in wanting to believe him. <laughs> nah, he... He he did a he did a trash book review and then regretted it. I'm not giving. I'm not letting him off. There, me, the authority on everything is not letting him off. <laughs> and uh, because Katerina is a Delawarean, she also has some some insight into what's being going on in the states. Not that it's anything to do with what we're about to talk about. This is going back to last week, saying right. as for the states, it is a. And I'm going to spinnerize this fumble buck. Yes. The beaches opened in Delaware this past weekend because it's a tourist town that will collapse if they don't open for the summer. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. state's still on lockdown, so no one's supposed to be leaving their houses, but the beaches are open anyway. Mm -hmm. So that sounds great. Yeah, that's not really hopeful. It's one of those times where you hear the updates and you're like, well, thanks for the info. I'm sad now. We're in quite a, a year, James. I know we've had years in the past you know 2016 stands out for me as a bit of a wild one but 2020 my it goodness feel, it feels like every year is a wee bit just really awful just a wee bit out there just like kind of super awful ever since harambe died <laughs> it's the that was the the turning that point was the big pivot harambe died ed Miliband ate a bacon roll <laughs> that was it that's like, do you know what is, do you know what that is? That's or, the butterfly. That's the butterfly. Exactly. Like a butterfly flaps its wings in what Tokyo, and there's a hurricane in yeah. Honduras. Harambe is one of the wings. Ed Miliband's the other wing. <laughs> so it's a real cool butterfly. <laughs> there's the weirdest butterfly I've ever seen. Must absolutely giant butterfly. Not very aerodynamic either. <laughs> that's why it's had such a big effect. Like, that thing flapped its wings once. <laughs> I mean, Harambe was a big lad, but Ed Miliband, I suppose he's eating a bacon roll, so he's he's got to be like on the on the larger side. Yeah, no, you got to account for the weight of the bacon. Okay, you're right. On that note, this week, to put this into uh, perspective, the week that we are in of 2020 uh, is again one of the yeah, heftier the ones. The week 2020. The week of 2020. That's, that's what it feels like. <laughs> Uh, this week, which is week 20 of 2020, actually, I'm looking oh. at my board. Incredible. 
It has been quite the newsworthy Look one. Look at you, full of numbers that are 20. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not 20. I wish I was. You're in your 20s. Do my entire decade again. Anyway, <laughs> enough, about, <laughs> enough about bad decisions and life choices. Let's go back to what's actually been happening. We're going to start with Dominic Cummings. Yay! Everybody's favourite leader of the UK. Dominic Cummings has been in the headlines since about three hours after we published our last episode. Because in classic Seesaw Parade fashion, we talked about all the things of the week and then in the late hours of Friday... The news broke that Dominic Cummings, or Dom Cum, as we like to talk, as we like to refer to him on this show, Domino Cummino, Dominic Cummino, the senior advisor to Boris Johnson, had taken a 260-mile trip to Durham with his wife and kids to his second home, whilst infected with coronavirus. Sounds, sounds pretty similar to something that a certain health minister got kicked we'll, out of Scotland for. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Thank you. Thank you. So, first of all, this was a story, a joint story by The Mirror and The Guardian. There are so many tangents we could take this on, but I'm going to stick with the, the main facts for now. Get buckled in, everyone. No, like, this is a five-hour talk. <laughs> Welcome to my TED Talk on how Domino Kamino started the end of civilization in May 2020. I know, here comes the, here comes the R number spiking up. Thanks, Dommy Kami. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness, I've had too much sugar. Okay, so... He took this trip to Durham whilst infected with coronavirus. This was initially denied. It was t- everybody was uh, statements were coming out, flying out, saying this is total and inac- totally inaccurate and rubbish. And then on the Saturday, like a uh, soldiers falling in line, we had cabinet ministers from the UK government tweeting out their support. All the weak ones, yeah, for Dominic Cummings, which is all the ones that have the big positions. So Michael Gove, Rishi Sunak, Matt Hancock, the the likes of them, Reese Moog, indeed, Pretty Patel, were uh, Shitty Patel were tweeting out their support for Dominic Cummings as if it had been ordered from on high because, well, probably he told them oh, to. Because that is Dominic Cummings, yeah. The story then uh, continued to roll with some sightings of Dominic Cummings at Barnard Castle, which, yes. again, was denied. Yeah, no, it wasn't real. We were told by the prime minister himself that, that, that he did not visit the castle. No, he did not. At all. Uh, number 10 were then accused... Of a cover-up, as was Dominic Cummings and his wife, both of whom had written articles during this time period, which made no <laughs> yeah. mention of the fact that they were actually in Durham, as opposed yeah. to in London. Like pretending they were still in London, as though they didn't have anything to cover up. So let's just start with the, the, the basic question before we go on to uh, his statement and what happened in the days after that. The rules, James, were very, very clear. Dominic Cummings, I'm sure, helped write them. He may have written them single-handedly. Who knows? He wrote the three lines. Stay at home, whatever, 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 whatever. Stay at home. The government advice was crystal clear. At no point did it say, oh, by the way, if you have coronavirus, just drive up to your parents' house and stay next to them for two weeks. And also, don't tell anyone. Up to his own second house. He's also part owner of that place. Let's, Let's make it worse. Okay, so how on earth is he still in a job Right now. Because he runs the country. Boris can't string four sentences together without Dominic whispering them in his ear lovingly. Svengali, that's what he is. He needs his Dominic. He can't function without him. We all know this. Everybody's been saying this for a long time. But now that we see 
cumulus nimbus doing whatever he wants, breaking <laughs> regulations, clearly doing things that other people have been fined for and fired for and getting away with it. It's really obvious that he's just the only reason that this cabinet is functioning because none of them, none of the people on the cabinet right now have the qualifications to be on the cabinet right now. Uh-huh. So he's just necessary. And, and sadly, he's not going to go. There's like, no, I'm, I'm doing the prediction in, in the hopes that, that they prove me wrong, but he's not going to go. They have put too much value into him. He's, he runs too much of the country to be kicked out now. And even if he does get like officially booted, he's not going to stop advising Boris. Still will be having your nightly WhatsApp FaceTimes. It, it, nothing will change. Yeah, so just on that note, I agree with you. He is not going anywhere. He's staying exactly where it is. A whole week has now passed since that first story broke and he is still in a job. I mean, he's the kind of he's got the kind of power where he can from the rose garden of number 10 say that he's not speaking on behalf of the government. Why are you there then? <laughs> like, he's just making the biggest, dumbest statements and, and everybody is going to start breaking rules because of him. Genuine question. Do you believe that Dominic Cummings has something on Boris yeah. that has made Boris so resolute in his stance? I mean, some of the things that Boris came out with, yeah. essentially, he chose he chose Dominic Cummings over what what the... The whole of Britain. Well, yeah, over truth. Because that's ultimately what it, that's what it was. You know, Dominic Cummings broke the rules mm-hmm. and nothing happened. Yeah. That was it. That's that's it. If, because there is one rule for, for them and there's one yeah. rule for us. And it could have been a little, little like, oh, look, Dominic failed. Get rid of him. Away we go. The story would be gone by now. We'd have like talked about it for two minutes. But because Dominic kept lying, because Boris kept lying, and because so many people in the hierarchy of power just kept on lying and trying to tell us that we were wrong and that our facts are wrong and that our eyes are wrong and that the pictures are wrong and that the um, accounts of the people who saw things are wrong, they can't go away as a big story now. They made the mistake of, of trying to lie their way out of it in a similar fashion to the way we see the leadership in America lie all the time, which just usually works there. Whereas here, yeah. people seem to have latched onto this, probably because we are actually seeing the impact it's having already, where police are now pulling people over on their way out on an unnecessary trip, and they're saying, well, if Dominic can do it, so can I. Yeah, so just before we talk about BJ's statement and uh, Dominic Cummings' statement on the Monday... There's just so much to this. There is, there is, there is loads of this. You're right, we could talk about this for hours. Yeah. Dominic Cummings said his trip to Barnard Castle was to test his eyesight. Yeah, the big lie, yeah. To see if he was fit to drive, despite yeah. the fact that the day they visited Barnard Castle was also his wife's birthday. Yeah, and he'd already driven his son to the hospital some days earlier when he apparently had really bad eyes. The, the DVLA are also very clear that if you have any sort of uh, impairment Suspicion. with your eyes, you do not drive. If you even feel like your eyes might be not their strongest, the way to find out is not by driving on public roads, and especially not with your wife and child in the car. And especially if your wife can drive. Exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> Nothing adds up. Like we, he, he did the, the reason he did the press conference, and it's the same thing I do on the podcast by accident. Uh, he just talked about a whole big list of things that were all generally wrong but he said so many things that whoever's listening can't think of the right questions to ask in the moment yeah and everybody's just like silent at the end because they can't process everything that was said anymore (laughs) but now that we've had more time to think about this statement 
hardly any of it adds up. None of it makes sense. He went home to see his infected wife and make sure she was okay, or his yeah. potentially infected wife, and then went back to Downing Street after coming in contact with someone who he thought was infected. Before he even did the trip, he broke regulations. To, to me, James, it's, it's very, very clear, and this has been clear to, I believe, anybody who is seeing without any rose-tinted glasses on or Tory-supporting glasses on. Yeah. The government are blatantly lying to us. Yeah. Dominic Cummings, Boris Johnson are blatantly lying. For ex- yeah. Even something as simple as this, for example, Dominic Cummings said on his drive to Durham and back, they did not stop at all mm-hmm. for petrol or for anything. That is a 264-mile journey yeah. in a Land Rover, which does, what, 25 miles per gallon? That is a blatant lie. Yeah, and then ever since he said that, there's been more and more stops getting added to the list. Like, oh, well, maybe we stopped to let my kid pee somewhere. Oh, yeah, maybe we stopped to pick up, to, like, fill up on petrol on the way back. But we did so in a socially distant way. But it's like, all of it is a lie. He didn't need to go that far. Like, there's family within three miles of his house in London. Just because some random convenient ones lived near near the house that he went to stay in and he could just try and lay the blame on them for offering to take care of the kid no right if somebody several hundred miles away is saying i'm going to take care of your kid if you want and then also somebody three miles away hasn't said anything you go you go to the person who's three miles away anyway and you say hey this just needs to be done it's it's also a massive slap in the face this whole story is a massive slap in the face to all of us who have missed and particularly people who have missed funerals who have missed births of children who have genuinely just not seen their family yeah. for what nearly 70 days at this point yeah and because the fallout of this was precisely nothing for example boris johnson said uh, that he had behaved uh, legally and responsibly and with integrity which i'm sorry is total bollocks yeah 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 just lie 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 followed by the fact that the attorney general said it was okay to break the law if you're acting on instinct <laughs> you know it's okay to break the law if, if you just mean good if he meant good then it's okay and i'm paraphrasing but the health minister matt hancock said it was okay to endanger public health if you meant well yeah if you were if you were just like well he was he was clearly trying to do the right thing he had good so intentions it's okay. he, he was just using his fatherly instincts to like make really bad decisions for everybody but you know it's also a slap in the face to countless parents of children especially parents of equally vulnerable children who themselves have shown symptoms who themselves have had to lock themselves down in their house with the child and with their partners and have nowhere to go to if they can do it so can cummings right you just before we move on because we could talk about this forever Dominic Cummings then gave a statement on Monday. He sat, uh, gave us a statement for about 15 minutes and answered questions for 45, in which he said he did not regret uh, the actions he took. Uh, He did not apologise to the British public. He said sorry. The first word he said was sorry, and that was because he was late. He said, sorry, I'm late. He was 32 minutes late for the press conference. Yeah. And after that, his, his position particularly from the government standpoint, was just emboldened. But from everybody else, it was, this guy is just the absolute worst. You've mentioned, James, already the similarities between this and the Catherine Calderwood case, who was Scotland's chief medical officer up until uh, mid-April, after it was found that she had travelled to her second home twice on successive weekends. The only difference being that she did not have coronavirus and was 
therefore not contagious. The difference to me, and this was interesting, Nicola Sturgeon was tweeting, you know, the the right thing to do here is for Dominic Cummings to be sacked or or resign. And she said, yeah, I know I've gone through something very similar and, you know, I knew it was the right thing to do. Hold on a second, Nicola, because... She didn't do it. When that happened, there was 24 hours of... Actually, you know what? I'm going to stand by Kathy. You know, she's made a mistake, but we all make mistakes. It's okay. And then, because the furore was so loud and clear, and because, frankly, she had to go, she was chief medical officer and she directly went against the the laws or the rules the guidelines she had to go so there was a little bit of yeah yeah kind of rewriting history there however i i do agree with the sentiment that being said a week has passed he's staying in his job and that's it this will not have any effect yeah in what when's, when's the next election four years nothing nothing will change Four years people will forget it in one yeah Hopefully, hopefully, um, hopefully, we'll have enough pressure to get them to apologise at least. Yeah, no, it's ju- it's just not it's just not going to happen. The big disagreement for me as to the answer, as much as I say he's got to go, there's the giant caveat, the same as there was with um, Nicholas um, case. You can't get rid of someone so high up in the hierarchy easily. Oh yeah, when they make the mistake, you've got to say, like they're getting demoted for now, and then they're gone once the crisis is over. Or, you, or something along those lines. We've seen other countries do that. Um, you have to make a clear statement that they've they've broken the rules and therefore they will have their job taken away from them once there is a period of like a safe two weeks where we're able to do so and transition somebody new into the place of power and the place of a, like, well, in Cummings', in Cummings, Cummings case, advising the whole nation what to do. Cummings. Cummings. I think Tommy Cummings is probably the worst one we've had so far. <laughs> mm. Just, I mean, this story has just encapsulated everything I detest about this particular government. And it's just so fake. He's pretending, much like Boris, he, he's pretending so hard to be just one of the people, like one of them puris, one of the people that suffers through life and yep. hates the media and hates the elite. He is the elite. He's, he is a part owner of this one house, this castle, that got European funds for the renovation. It's such a significantly impressive building that the EU paid some of the renovation costs. Cummings got that. It's madness. And what? He then made us leave because the EU was no longer needed for him. It's like it's just the fake the fakery of it all. He's the highest of the high and he's pretending to be one of us. There's so much more. My goodness. There is, there is, but James, we're gonna have to move on because otherwise we will be here all night done yeah. nobody else will be if you if you want to let tweet us tweet us your your cummy highlight please do it'll be really sad it'll be like thank you for interacting with us i'm sad now <laughs> okay well uh, let's add to the sadness and talk about the second yeah, biggest yeah. story of the last few days which undoubtedly by the time you hear this dear listener will have moved on even further oh yeah it's quickly progressing this this is the story of george floyd now you may well have already seen the video which was doing the rounds on social media which showed mr floyd on the ground african-american uh on the ground in minnesota uh, minneapolis in minnesota with a police officer kneeling on his neck and two more kneeling on him just not oh, yeah. on his neck yeah madness george floyd then died an hour or so later yeah having begged 
for them to let him breathe. In in the video, he is he is audibly saying, "I can't breathe, I can't breathe." Yeah. And as the video goes on, he then eventually loses consciousness. Yeah. The killing has prompted massive protests which have now descended into riots mm-hmm. these have been initially started in minneapolis which have now spread to denver uh, and also i believe cities in michigan mm-hmm. police have had to well and police in riot gear have had to fire tear gas and rubber bullets into the crowd and it's all it's all been sparked by this killing of george floyd but it's also brought up the case of brianna taylor who was another African-American who was killed in March in Kentucky mm-hmm. when police, who were looking for a drug suspect, turns out they got the wrong address, broke into her apartment where she and her boyfriend were living, and she was shot eight times. Yeah, and countless other, countless other instances oh, countless of others. Yeah. police on, on black individual crime. So the four officers in the George Floyd video were fired on Tuesday... Yeah. And as of a few hours ago, a police officer has been charged with third-degree murder and manslaughter. Now, I believe that would be the officer who is actually kneeling, who is doing the, the kneeling on George Floyd's neck. Yeah, actively, actively kneeling harder after he hears about the breathing troubles. So, James, with all those things considered, this is, a, as I say, an ongoing story. Mm-hmm. How on earth... I mean, where do you even start with this? We start with how this could have all been avoided. I don't know how many years ago, how many decades ago in America, because this kind of thing has been happening for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, people have been protesting it for a long, long time. People have been trying to raise awareness of it in a long, long time. Uh, every now and then, it will break out in a riot. I think that's justified. Um, because most of the time, the protests are much more peaceful in smaller numbers, more direct. And when they are, they get called like traitors to America um, or things like that. Anybody who tries to raise awareness to what's been going on is shunned and not supported by the establishment and not supported by the people in power. So, of course, eventually there's going to be one horrific murder by a police officer on somebody who in this instance, had done such a tiny thing. I believe it was, he was being accused of using a fake 20. Yeah, which actually, no, it wasn't true. Yeah, it was, it was, an, it was he was accused of it. And then the police murdered him while yeah. they were trying to apprehend him. And he, was, he wasn't resisting. So, of course, another unjust killing is going to kick off an absolutely massive riot. It's inevitable that we yep. get a huge big riot from this um like it, it felt it felt like it just had to have happened there was no other way for this to go down because how do you not arrest him as soon as you see the video right right so that's my was my follow-up question so of course the build-up is going to be yeah sure you fired him we're going to riot until you arrest him we're going to riot until you charge him we're going to riot until because at this point, how do you do peaceful protests if you're an American and you're seeing all this going on and all the peaceful protests have ended with nothing happening and nothing right. so, changing? So yeah, so yesterday, the essentially the attorney for Hennepin County said that there was there was not enough evidence of a crime or words to that effect. Something so just outlandish and ridiculous that it was yeah. uh, spread all over social media and lambasted. But as you say, James, yeah. uh, just in the last few hours, Derek Chauvin has been charged with third degree murder and manslaughter yeah the- yeah but we've also seen that the protests were peaceful and there's like plenty of people trying to gather this evidence that the police planted the pe- the individuals 
who started making things violent and started breaking windows and the police started all this violence too. Um, there's this huge suspicion that one individual um, who's holding an umbrella and breaking a shop's windows was actually just a local policeman because the police in America have this desire to make violence kick off so that they can shut everything down as fast as they can. Yep. Even then, it still got completely out of their control. They had to evacuate one of their um, precincts. Um, there's a whole. They evacuated a whole building, which got set on fire. Um, gas mains were apparently cut. People setting off fireworks in the inside. The whole thing's ablaze. Um, it's just a complete failure to have policemen who are accountable to the wrong that they do. And we've like we've been running a wee podcast for a fair while. I can't think in my head how many times we've covered a story of yep. the police in America doing something that is just clearly immoral and illegal. Absolutely. It, it's, it is so, I would say, regular an occurrence that it fails to shock me as it should. Yeah. I think the what, what was different for this one is that, I mean, sadly, the fact that there is video images of this man being murdered is the difference. You know, yeah, other it wasn't ones, like... A one-off second at night time, or it wasn't just like something that happened. Right. And nobody could be there. This was a prolonged murder. So, so the one that comes to mind, particularly after I saw this, and you'll remember it, was Eric Garner, who was yeah. in 2014. Uh, officers had suspected him or, or accused him of uh, selling illegal cigarettes. It turned out he had uh, 100 cigarettes on him. That was it. Mm -hmm. He was put into an illegal chokehold by an NYPD yeah. officer. Eric Garner similarly said, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, and later died in hospital. Yeah. And I was reading this just a few days ago because that video of uh, George Floyd made me think back a few years. I looked it up. The officer who put Eric Garner in that chokehold was only fired last year. Yeah. After a five-year investigation, he was only fired last year. And that is, if that doesn't encapsulate what is wrong with certainly from my perspective, the police in America. I don't know what is because that is yeah. frankly outrageous. No, the whole the whole story is shocking, but like there are going to be people trying to condemn the riots. There's going to be people trying to condemn like while they're breaking like local businesses stuff, they're breaking innocent parties stuff. Again, that's fault of the state. Again, that's fault of the establishment. This kind of a thing should never have led to a situation where people felt so powerless yep. and disenfranchised that they turned to violence. The state and the establishment and the police have a responsibility to protect the people and to make them feel like they have the power they need to get through day-to-day -day life without, you know, being murdered for buying a thing. Uh -huh. So, of course, a riot is inevitable and we cannot shout and blame the rioters without shouting louder and blaming even louder the people in power for decades who have caused yep. this to happen so there have been demonstrations in the likes of new york and chicago and denver phoenix and memphis minnesota has seen most of the looting that is where george floyd was murdered yeah. so stores yeah. have been burned a police station was uh, was burned down yeah. uh, other stores have been looted and vandalized the uh, state's national guards have been activated and that leads me on to mr donald trump now again he has course, been yes. in the headlines this week we're going to start here and then we'll move on to his feud with Twitter just yeah. uh, just yeah. after that. In the last couple of minutes, Trump has left a press conference where he, he started by saying, I am here to talk about China. And he left without taking any questions 
as reporters are shouting at him about George Floyd. It turns out yeah. Joe Biden has spoken to George Floyd's family. Uh, it does not appear that the president of the USA has done that so far. Mm-hmm. This was, and we'll talk about the Twitter aspect in a minute, but Trump tweeted about the riots that are ongoing in, in Minnesota and described these people as thugs uh, who were disrespecting George Floyd's memory. He then tweeted, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, which is a quote from a 1960s Miami police officer in regards to African-Americans. Yeah. James, what... <laughs> Again, this just feels like an ongoing circus with the president, but what on earth is going through his mind when he's tweeting something like that, other than yeah. being a massive racist? Initially... Trump tried to make this a thing that would be good for him in terms of perceptions of him because he came out to say, I think for the first time that I remember that he was shocked by the footage of what happened. Yeah. You know, he he actually tried to have some empathy. But then as things went more and more out of control, I'm sure he realized, wait, it's the Democrats that run this place. I got to add to the fire, make it worse for them, make this an embarrassment for the Democrats, then I'll swoop in with the army and save the day. Um, But he just can't do that without trying to sound like a badass. So he quotes a ridiculous quote, generally and genuinely um, threatening to kill more people actively. Um, But he just saw this as a thing to try and provoke so that he could come in and save the day with with the army even though the national guard were already there doing their jobs because their job is not to be the police but to just keep things calm um but it's just trump's degrading and increasingly worried mind um turning to more and more um explosive let's say um phrases so in the last hour he is now tweeted saying i'm gonna read this looting leads to shooting and that's why a man was shot and killed in Minneapolis on Wednesday. Or look at what just happened in Louisville with seven people shot. I don't want this to happen, and that's what the expression put out last night means. It was spoken as a fact, not as a statement. It's very mm. simple. Nobody should have any problem with this other than the haters. And ah, those yes. looking to cause trouble yes. on social media. It wasn't a threat, even though it was said threateningly. It was definitely a nuanced statement on what happens when things spiral out of control. But before we talk about the Twitter aspect, let me just also mention the CNN reporter who was arrested whilst reporting on the ongoing riots. Omar Ramirez was standing in front of some uh, some riot police in Minneapolis around 5am on Friday morning when essentially one of the officers leaned forward and said, you're under arrest. And as Omar Ramirez continues to attempt to report and then question why on earth he's being arrested and is then led away, the camera's still rolling Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he's led away for I don't know why. They didn't yeah, even I say. I still don't know why. I'm not sure if that's come out yet. Uh, uh, Barack Obama put out a tweet as, as well and said, is this really 2020 America? I mean, the answer to that is yes. Yeah, no, are we surprised? I see no end in sight. There, these, the, the way that America is so divided, I say this as a Scottish person, the way that I see America being so divided, it's, it's so far from anything I can relate to because... I'm unable to, I'm not in that position where there are, 
you know, racial tensions, some clear, very evident racial tensions. But to me, yeah. what I what mean, is yeah, the solution? Are you... Racist, but it's less out of hatred usually. I mean, there's still hate here. Let's not try and get high yeah. and mighty. Of, well, of course, no, of course. But there's but there's not the same even proportion. But it's not going to burn over into like massive amounts of murder. There, there's not the same proportion of of minorities in in Britain than there are, well, particularly in Scotland. In Scotland, compared to america there just isn't that yeah. divide because we are essentially a nation yeah. largely of white people yeah but it, it, it's been in the establishment's interest for again generations this this has been getting called out from way way long ago where people are saying like the way that the establishment is going to keep power is by convincing like the poor white people that they're better than the poor black people and then they'll just fight it out amongst themselves and they won't take out their anger on the wealthy people who are actually controlling the situation that's been getting said for decades. So, I like you said, I don't really see the end of it. When This has been public knowledge. This has been well thought through stuff for a very, very long time. And we really do not have a leadership in America that is eager to or can, if they tried, put an end to this kind of a thing. So, I mentioned Trump there, and let's dive into the third real big story of the week, and this is Trump v. Twitter. This has been happening for a couple of days now, but... Has been building up, yeah. All started after Twitter fact-checked one of the president's tweets most recently. Which they've said they're going to do indiscriminately. Right, so... Well done. But before we get to that, just on the end of that story, Twitter hid one of his tweets on Thursday, which was the looting which leads to shooting. Yeah. They hid that tweet for glorifying violence. Which it did, yeah. This is the first time that Twitter has ever acted in this way with the President of the United States. Yeah, he's gotten away with far more than any of us would. Uh, correct, correct. Yeah. James, he uh, has threatened since to shut down social <laughs> know, media right? companies, including Twitter, uh, for this. Yeah, he can actually kind of do that a wee bit. He signed an executive order on Thursday uh, calling on, I believe, Congress to revoke Article 230, which gives some legal protections to social media companies. James, Yeah, they'd be cut, rather than being like a publisher of everything that we say they are just like exhibiting it right they're not responsible for the content on their site it's still on the Correct. user to be responsible so so um, they, he wants to take that away yeah so in a way to try and remove their influence and remove their safety he wants the companies to be responsible for the things in their site so then they can get taken to court and sued and right. lose all their money because people are really dumb on social media. And if it was the social media's responsibility to pay the fines, they're done for. There's a few angles to this. Just before I ask a question of you, yep. uh, Mark Zuckerberg had his say. He said that oh, uh, yeah. Facebook oh. shouldn't be the arbiter of truth and uh, Twitter are doing something a bit different. And Donald Trump then took that as uh, praise of himself. <laughs> yeah. And so he tweeted and said, well, Mark Zuckerberg said this, so come on, Twitter, get yourself sorted out. Yeah, Mark James Zuckerberg is a real good guy. I hear he does not murder people. <laughs> yep, as far as I know. I'll post that on Facebook. As far as I know, Mark Zuckerberg is a not a multiple murderer. Absolutely. Okay, so James, Trump has obviously used Twitter as his uh, modus operandi. Do you agree that with the decisions that Twitter took to both hide 
that looting leads to shooting tweet and also fact check his one about mail-in ballots. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they should have been doing this to me ages ago. We've all, we all get fact checked and blocked and are, have our accounts deleted for the tiniest little things. If Trump was had was held to the same rules as the rest of us are, his, his account would have been suspended months ago. No, I agree and with he'd, that. He'd have had like little fact check bars beneath his stuff ages ago. It's just that they finally did it because this is a really bad one, right? Because it genuinely could encourage his supporters to go and start shooting looters. Yep. So they hid it. And then he lied about another thing. And they're like, we might as well just point out the lie while we're doing this. So so, so that was the first one. So he tweeted, two, he sent two tweets about mail-in yeah, ballots sorry, and, right, and yeah. said essentially that they they were 100% fraudulent. Anybody and everybody can can uh, falsify this. And it's a guaranteed way of having a rigged election. Yeah. He then accused Twitter after Twitter fact-checked it. And ironically, uh, well, maybe not ironically, maybe out of choice, uh, fact-checked it with CNN and uh, the Washington Post, which I think was just a hilarious middle finger to, to Donald I mean, Trump. Yeah, they're, they're also establishment. Um, Regardless, that was, that was where Twitter linked the fact check yeah. to. Yeah. And Trump then said that Twitter were interfering in the election. Sure, of course they were. Uh, they're a private business. I think they're kind of allowed to do that. Um, I just, just don't think they're allowed to do it with money. My question, James, is if this is the standard, and it looks like... Twitter are doubling down because yeah, to me, yeah, yeah. if you wouldn't have hid or essentially reported that glorifying violence tweet, if you weren't doubling down, like clearly the executive order that was signed has just emboldened them. And that's great. My question though is surely you need to apply the standard to every political figure in every nation of everybody who's on Twitter, because but, but yeah, then we need to start fact-checking Boris and Michael Gove and all these people in the UK and yeah. people in Scotland and MSPs and Jackson Carlaw. Like, where'd yeah. you stop? No, any, where'd on, you draw on the any line? side. I'm not saying that Twitter needs to just start, like, fact-checking the people on the right that lie all the time. It should be fact-checking everybody and providing the necessary facts right below it, preferably with a link to Wikipedia, even though that technically can be edited, it's very yep. well moderated these days. Probably True. the place for facts if you want to find them. Um, YouTube does that, for example. It puts wiki links under controversial topics, and you uh -huh. can go read about them. Or it puts like independent data sources on. You know, it's it just it's super important on all sides. If somebody's got a big influence over people's minds to also show them when the, those individuals are lying because people don't have the curiosity required to go find the truth. I know I don't have the curiosity required to go find the truth. If I see something that I think is true, I'm not going to try and find out if it's not true. I'm going to talk to someone about it and let them tell me if it's not true. Do you think that Trump will abandon Twitter? He has 80 million followers. Trump will not abandon Twitter. He is too cowardly. There is not another platform that gives him the really quick injections of dopamine into his brain that he gets when he tweets yep. out something and sees those likes rolling in. The guy probably can't actually have an erection anymore, so he needs to get his <laughs> dopamine through a like social media addiction and or drugs, probably both. Okay. Um, I say hypothetically. Um, <laughs> don't fact check me. Do Do you believe any of this is? is uh, censorship or it's going against uh, the f you know freedom of speech. The media and private businesses, me and you, anybody out there, has no obligation to uphold freedom of speech. 
especially in the UK and uh, in the EU, because we don't have the constitution here. But yeah, even in don't. America, the constitution of, and the freedom of speech stuff that applies to the government. The government is not allowed to take away your ability to say what you want, where you want. The uh-huh. government is not allowed to shut it down. It doesn't say anything about businesses. It's the same reason businesses can kick you out if they're sh- uh, like if you go in a library and you start talking too loud, they can kick you out. It's not against your freedom of speech for them to kick you out. Yep. Like, it's easy as. Like, I've seen this in the UK too. People are getting all uppity about freedom of speech getting impinged on when private businesses and and private entities and even public entities and public places are kicking people out for for being provocative and for being annoying and or just for being inconvenient. It's not against your freedom of speech. Take them to court if you think it was an injustice. There's no question of freedom of speech, though. That was a good explanation. It's just so annoying. Like, (laughs) genuinely, there are one or two times where you see somebody getting kicked out of like a museum or something, or you see somebody getting kicked out of a mcdonald's because they said something a little bit dumb and you're like well maybe that is a bit unfair they should probably take them to small claims or something right but it's a small claims thing it's a court thing it is not a state thing it's not a change the constitution thing ah man but you know twitter have options if 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 trump tries to start shutting them down i'm sure another country will open its borders and say hey if you come here you won't have to worry about being a You'll just be a publisher again. No, you won't be a publisher again. You can come in here and just be a be a museum for the people. Imagine and we won't we won't uphold you to the laws. Imagine the chaos if Trump's account gets deleted. Yeah, I know that would be great. I mean, would you have to delete the White House account too? Oh, probably. Yeah, he'd probably just turn right to that because he definitely tweeted from that one the other day. That was all caps and Trumpian. Uh, just just before uh, we move on to our final segment, which is, you'll be glad to hear, something lighter. Let me just talk briefly about Hong Kong. Uh, in the last couple of hours at that uh, press conference that I was mentioning earlier with Donald Trump, oh, yeah. he said that the US no longer recognizes Hong Kong as an autonomous region and now assumes that Hong Kong is essentially just China, an extension of China. Yeah. The UK yeah. have been, certainly today, the government were talking about extending uh, free visas to certain, I want to say maybe 60,000 people who are currently living in Hong Kong, who have a special, uh, I want to say British overseas national sort of passport, which means they can come to the UK for six months. The talk today was that they're going to extend that uh, to a year just to essentially build that relationship with yeah, Hong Kong. Yeah. There have been a couple of statements essentially from the Foreign Office and from uh, Westminster saying uh, that they are, well, they fundamentally disagree with what's been happening over there. I know, you know, we just don't like this. We, we, we don't like this. And I think particularly from the British standpoint, because essentially they handed over control of Hong Kong to the Chinese in 1997. We had to, yeah. Yeah, Of course we did. So, James, ultimately China are essentially revoking any sort of rights of autonomy that Hong Kong had. Yeah. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, no, basically the goal for for the Western nations when Hong Kong was being returned to China after its lease, which is a really weird concept to me, um, was that through Hong Kong, we will bring democracy to China. It turns out that through Hong Kong, China brought dictatorship to Hong Kong. And the West can just be embarrassed again because we've watched this happen for a very long time and nothing because China gives us cheap goods and because um, China produces things that we can have and it's nice so we won't slap them on the wrist when they take another liberty away from the people of Hong Kong but this has been and we've talked about it several times there's been protests there for a very very long time um, but even before then 
it was never an effective thing. China's been China's just been very effective in removing the liberties of Hong Kong as an autonomous state. And we're just going to have to be sad because there is absolutely not a chance that the UK or the US or anybody that should be stepping up and trying to make China not like make China have to pay such a huge fine in quotes there because it's not a direct fine that they wouldn't consider doing it. We can we can just we can aim. We can set out a ten-year plan for how to effectively remove all trade from China and rely on other areas of the world instead. And then China will be like, "Oh wait, maybe we need to start caring a little bit." Um, there's there's options, but no, nobody's going to do anything. It's the same thing as the coronavirus. People saying, "Well, we're going to have to stop buying things from China now. Boris is going to stop doing infrastructure projects with China." Nah. That China's just too cheap. Everybody's going to keep on using them because they offer things too cheaply. So we're sadly just going to see Hong Kong lose all of its um, democracy and its rights because we're all too lazy and too dependent on China to do anything about it. I don't remember your question anymore. That was a big one. Okay, James. Before we finish up, I have a review for you, or I have some Henry Cavill-related news. What would you like to hear first? Let's talk about Henry Cavill. Let's talk about Henry Cavill. So this is the news that the English actor is in talks to return (gasps) to his role as Superman. (gasps) Superman returns. Henry Cavill (laughs) returns. Absolutely. In the, in the last few years, there's been a lot of speculation about his uh, his future or lack thereof in the Warner Brothers franchise. You read that quote. I remember that one from the article. No, I, may be, I may have written it down, but you know, <laughs> I am the best podcast host. I got to do my homework. So he is in talks uh, to return to the spandex. But before you get your hopes up for a, a Man of Steel sequel, yeah, that yeah. is Number apparently three. apparently is not the plan. No, if the deal does go through cavill would apparently pop up in in future movies rather than yeah. another standalone so yeah he's gonna do what he's gonna do what tony stark did in spider-man rather than actually have a film he's yeah the, the mentor so as uh, with a mustache hopefully as empire is uh, writing on his website the new wonder woman film and suicide squad or sorry the suicide squad are unlikely yeah, seeing the, as the suicide squad film seeing as they've wrapped and uh, it it doesn't to me does not seem like a good fit to put him into the just Batman. Him, no, just chuck him in there in VFX. It's perfect, just like he did lip. Get him the with mustache this time. Mustache. Just add a whole Henry. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> okay. So to me, that leaves Shazam two or yeah. Black Adam. I mean, Shazam. He there was a wee bit of a Superman gag in that one, right? Yeah, but it's not. It's not. It was kind of awkward. It was just like. His bulge was center frame, but you but know. it's also if you saw Shazam, you saw Shazam, right? Well, yeah, like it wasn't him. Okay, well, but it's also not really a Superman kind of film. If you saw Man of Steel, it's very dark and broody. Shazam was as close to a Marvel film as DC have ever done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Superman can show up there. Superman's like the PG friendliest hero when he needs to be. Right. My question then, very briefly, is because like you... X-ray version doesn't get through bras. <laughs> okay. James, uh, is this good? Are you welcoming this news? Are you kind of okay Henry, with this? What do you feel? Henry's great. Cavill's, Cavill's just adorable. He's like an absolute <laughs> monster. Like he's huge, but he's just oh, somehow still lad. adorable in all of that monstrous hugeness. So like whatever he's in, I'm keen. Like it's just, he just, he just, he's just good at what he does. And I want to see him do well. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. To me, this seems like an interesting move considering 
considering the career choices he's made since, I mean, most, I'd say most uh, recently, certainly, he was in The Witcher. And I presume that's going to get a season two. Yeah, there is, yeah. And he is, you know, from all I heard from you and from other people, he was very good. Yeah, he was great. So my question is, why is he coming back? Is it because he's had time to think about it or he's just been offered lots of money or is it because he he genuinely misses the role? I don't really know because to me, he's not... When I say he, he's not my Superman, <laughs> not my president, he's but he's not like the the Superman. The Christian Superman. Bale to me is Batman, but that's just because he was the Batman I grew but up with. But he's not the Batman. But he's not the Batman. That's that's uh, that's Robert Pattinson in his new <laughs> The Batman. But do you know, do you know what I mean? Like he's. I know what you mean. He's not the iconic one. Exactly. Um, he's, to me, he's never going to be because as much as he is a very vanilla Clark Kent, Clark Kent is a very vanilla kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. So his Superman you know, maybe, was a maybe bit he's too, a good fit. His yeah, his Superman was too gory to be Superman. Superman. It was like it was it was too gritty. Yeah. But I I think as a part of all of it, he probably likes being Superman. He's he's just a he's a really nice dude, so he probably likes being the actor that does Superman so he can do all the nice things for people that comes with that, you know, being that kind of an icon lets you do good things. Uh, he probably also does like the, the, the more money, you know, they're going, yeah. Hey, come back and we'll give you more of that. And he's like, yeah, I do like that. And it frees him up to do um, other projects um, easier. If he's got, if he's got the easy job, the cushy one, he can do the other stuff. The okay. more artsy stuff or the more adventurous stuff. He probably also really just likes the fact that it's not full-fledged films and he's only doing parts because that means that it fits into schedules a lot True. easier. Okay, James, uh, we are about to crash through the hour mark, so I'm going <gasps> to tell you about the fourth film I've seen in this Marvel watch along, and this is Iron Man 2, Ooh. which is one I can't say I was very excited for. And, no, uh, no, it, yeah, not one of the astounding ones. Having watched it back, I can, I totally agree with my pre-watching sentiment. Who's the bad guy? Ham, Hammer, Justine Hammer. There's two of them. The bad guy, if you recall, and Sparks, Spark, Sparks for arms. Justin right, so, and Sparks for arms. So it is Sam Rockwell who is massively underutilized as Justin Hammer, and then also yeah. you have Mickey Rook with a Russian accent mm, yeah, as uh, Anton Vanko, who has big electric laser things that he sparks for arms he sparks yeah sparks for arms who is completely ineffective and useless in, in the boss fights he has with iron man but hey i don't remember anything he does i think he cuts a car in half he, he cuts he cuts a car in half and he takes a ludicrous amount of time to then slow motion walk over to the car he's just cut in half with tony stark desperately trying to free himself and in the time between raising his sparky arm to bring it crashing down on tony stark's head tony stark manages to stand up and dive over the car yeah and the the lash comes down the car explodes and anton vanko slash mickey rook in a bad russian accent goes flying but anyway yeah they really this film had a bad plan for almost every scene <laughs> in that film this film thinks it is funnier and it's better than it is, but it's not. It is definitely yeah. the worst of the Iron Man films. It's definitely near the bottom of the uh, the Marvel film oh, list. Really I would, near the bottom, yeah. I would never watch it again. Here's a few thoughts. I actually wrote them down. <gasps> the, the whole film is a, is a mashup and a collection of scenes that don't work together. Yeah. They're trying to interweave different threads and Sam Rockwell's kind of doing his thing and Mickey Rourke's doing his whatever he's doing. Robert Downey Jr. is, is good. He's you know kind of classic tony stark he's a bit more of a douchebag in this one but you still kind of like him 
the ones that stand out to me and the, the, the points that stand out to me is Scarlett Johansson's character of oh, yes, yeah. Natasha Romanov is introduced in this film. This is her debut film yeah. in Marvel. This is it. The big one. But they're clearly still figuring out her character. Yep. Because at the start, within the first five minutes, sorry, within the first two minutes, Tony Stark has uh, flipped through essentially pictures of her in lingerie and also she has uh, punched happy hogan in the face and made him tap out to some sort of arm bar so yeah 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 she, like there's a scene later on when she's she's playing essentially a sexy secretary who's getting changed in the back seat so yeah they clearly just they hadn't figured out what she was going to exactly be yet, and right they figured out hey we can make her empowered uh sam sam rockwell as i say was uh, underutilized miscast uh gary shandling who sadly passed away a few years ago oh, yeah. his turn as senator stern he's in this film he's in a couple other ones he's brilliant i yeah. i totally didn't appreciate him at the time he's really really good uh this film also has an elon musk cameo because of course elon musk has to appear in every single episode yeah. as he's operating and he was he was a bit more kind of popular he hadn't quite got the cult then yeah you know it's kind of just a cool thing to have the techie boy in it there's there's three very quick scenes i'm going to point you to the first one is the introduction I've of got don too. Cheadle. don't let me forget oh yeah i was gonna do that one right so don Cheadle, who is replacing terence howard from the first film because apparently of the I was, things the film did well i was reading about this terence howard apparently is a nightmare on set and uh demand <laughs> and lots then of money. he wanted more money yeah and they're like he's like i'm irreplaceable and they're like yep. hey <laughs> Hey, Don. <laughs> here's Don Cheadle. He's really good. He is great. And his, his introduction, literally, his first line is, look, I'm here, deal with it, let's move on. And I thought that was quite clever. Like, they genuinely dealt with uh, actor change real smoothly. Yeah. And they treated us like adults who don't need to be pandered to and just be patronized. And they just went, yes, different actor. The other two... It's fine. The other two scenes, uh, one of them is at the very end is the third act where a whole robot drone army is descending on New York and one of the drones lands outside oh, one yeah. of the big venues in Flushing Meadows because there is a small child with an Iron Man mask on and the drone uh-huh. slowly raises his fist because this five-year-old child this Man. five-year-old child is just it's... standing there undaunted attempting to fight this drone I only have Facial recognition programming. <laughs> this is Iron Man. Clearly, these robots are all total, total idiots. Despite the rest of the time, they're flying around 110 miles an hour shooting missiles yeah. at this guy. Anyway, in this scene, just... They just forgot to put a height detector in there. It's like, <laughs> the drone just takes forever. And it's just, it's comically bad as this uh, yeah, five-year-old kid no nearly dies. And of course, Iron Man swoops in, saves the day. And then he turns to the kid and says, like, nice going, kid. And then just flies off again. Where is this kid's parents? And then, like, drops him just drops him just like hey there you go in the ocean away we go America. and then the last one is uh the last point i had and this is gwyneth paltrow again showing off her acting capabilities or mm-hmm. lack thereof she there is definitely didn't phone it in there is absolutely i'm uh, genuine genuine point i do believe she picks it up in future films however this one is just another bad one the closing scenes of this film the robot drone army is all self-destructing she is standing next to a drone as it's beeping a red light is beeping it's getting higher and higher in pitch and she's just standing there looking at it 
And it's, she's not a time to go uh, to the movie. The, she doesn't know what a countdown sounds like. But the camera is just like the camera is slow panning, or slow zooming into her increasingly confused face as she looks at this drone beeping and flashing, saying, "Hmm, what's going oh, on here?" Oh no! It's. Just, <laughs> I watched it. I had to rewind it. It's like this is just awful. Yeah. I know that. First of all, that was a scene that was written into the film, and that is bad enough. But yeah. it's also the way it's done. It's just yeah. done really badly. I think they had a storyboard and they just tried to actually <laughs> recreate the storyboard rather than being like, that's a tool that we use to show us what we need to shoot. And then we shoot it in artistic ways. They were like, it is a, just do a close-up. Just like, it is a totally unnecessary scene. And of course, Iron Man comes in, saves, swoops in, saves the day. And then they have an argument on a roof and Don Cheadle standing there being like, ho, 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 I'm, I'm still here, guys. Ha, ha, ha. So, and all in all, it is totally forgettable. It is definitely one of the worst ones uh, in the entire catalogue. Yeah, yeah. And I think, James, it's just going to get worse because I've got the Incredible Hulk and Thor coming up. So uh, yeah. we'll see how that goes. No, uh, Marvel films do not have the highest of high peaks in terms of quality. They definitely have really low lows. Well, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Really right, James, low. before we wrap up, have you, have you seen anything, watched anything this week? I have nothing to report not finished okay. a single thing i've watched a lot of youtube videos because if i'd only 10 minutes off in my work breaks but that's not long enough to watch shows okay james thank you very much we have had a bumper episode it's been a good one thank you very much if you've enjoyed it please do get in touch leave us a comment get in touch twitter gmail snapchat yeah. in person shout at us yeah. from your socially distant windows yeah. thank you very much james i'll see you next week yeah the things you talked about were like so vast and expansive if you think that we've missed an important point and you just want to make sure that we know about it and please do, because I'm sure things we don't know about these stories. Okay. See you later. Right, thank you. Bye.